Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Dr. Gee said, darkness devastates. Y'all remember that? Dunamis detonates. Kingdom champions resonate. Darkness devastates. Darkness devastates. We saw it there in Isaiah chapter 60. It was in the, in the prophecy, saw a dark cloud rising out of the east from the capital of our nation. Even said in the prophecy that there would be men that would walk with the darkness, right? What is our posture? That's what we have to stop, and that's what we have to say, and that's what we have to step back and look at. And I want you to know that this is nothing new. I'm going to take you through a series of verses. This is nothing new. James chapter 1, verse 2. James chapter 1 and verse out of the Amplified reads this way. Consider it nothing but joy whenever you fall into various trials. He says, be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. Where's the peace? Inner peace on the inside, internally. I'm not looking for peace around me. I'm looking for peace within me. I'm bringing peace to every situation, he says. And let endurance, everyone say endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking in nothing. He says, count it all Joy when you fall into various trials, challenges. In Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, beginning with verse 10. In the Passion Translation, it reads this way. How enriched you are when persecuted for doing what is right. For then you experience the realm of heaven's kingdom. How blessed you are when people insult and persecute you and speak all kinds of cruel lies about you because of your love for me. Here it is in verse 12. So leap for joy. Everyone say joy. Since your heavenly reward is great for you are being rejected the same way the prophets were before you. Your lives are like salt among the people. But if you, like salt, become bland, how can your saltiness be restored? Flavorless salt is good for nothing and will be thrown out and trampled on by others. Your lives light up the world, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit from its light. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that your commendable works will shine as light upon them and then they will give their praise to your Father in 
heaven. He said in verse 12, to leap for joy as a result of persecution, as a result of being rejected, as a result of being mocked, uh, as a result of being insulted. Leap for joy. John chapter 16. In John chapter 16 and in verse 16, in the Amplified, it reads this way, A little while, and you will no longer see me. And again a little while, and you will see me. So some of his disciples said to one another, What does he mean when he tells us a little while, and you will not see me? And again a little while, and you will see me? I think that's where uh, people are at today. What did he mean by this? What did he mean by that, it's, it's not just the fact that Jesus speaks or that we have the word of God that brings us to revelation. It's our understanding of what are you saying? What are you speaking? How are you directing in this moment? And in the, Jesus is physically with his disciples, speaking to them, and they still don't have clarity on what he's saying. Sometimes we feel like he's gone. Sometimes he's feel, we feel like he's absent. Sometimes we feel like uh, he, he's, he, he's not near us or doesn't give a care for what's happening to us. But listen to his encouragement. Verse 19, Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him. So he said to them, are you wondering among yourselves about what I meant when I said a little while and you will not see me and again a little while? And you will see me. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, you will weep and grieve in great mourning, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but here it is, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. A woman, when she is in labor, has pain because her time to give birth has come. But when she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of her, here it is, joy that a child has come into the world. For now you are in grief. For now you say, where has he gone? For now you say, God, do you care? For now you say, the world seems to be dominating the church. For now you say, darkness seems to be devastating. But he says, I will see you again. And then your hearts will, again, here it is, rejoice. And no one will take away from you your great joy. Are you seeing a common theme here? Are you seeing a common denominator that on the back end of persecution, on the back end of insult, on the back end of trial and tribulation, there is to be joy. There is to be praise. There is to be rejoicing. There is to be optimism, not pessimism. There is supposed to be an outlook for the church today that we are looking ahead to greater and mightier things than we've ever seen in our world. If you jump down to verse 33, John 16, verse 33, there in the Amplified, it says, I have told you these things. What was he telling them? Read those previous passages. He's talking about the end of the age. He's talking about the end of the time. I want to also let you know and remind you that in John chapter 16, this is his last words in conversation with his disciples before he's arrested. John 17 is his prayer to the Father where he begins to bleed or sweat drops of blood. 
He is, he's, he's, he's right on the precipice. He's right on the cusp. And we know that darkness devastated. He's arrested. He's mocked. All of his disciples leave him. They beat him. And they ultimately crucify him. Darkness even covered the earth the moment he was crucified. In the middle of the afternoon, darkness literally covered the earth. But until there's crucifixion, you can't have resurrection. And this is what he's talking about. Get ready for days of joy. Get ready for days of rejoicing. In verse 33, he says, I have told you these things so that in me, where? In him. Quit trying to get your joy from the news. Quit trying to get your joy from something happening to you. Quit trying to get your joy from some tangible, uh, uh, quit hitching your joy to, to things in the world that can one day be up and be down the next. He says, find joy, find peace, find rest, find deliverance in me, he says. In me, you may have perfect peace. In the world, you will have tri uh, tribulation and distress and suffering. But be courageous, he says. Be confident. Be undaunted. Be filled with joy. I have overcome the world. My conquest is accomplished. My victory abiding in the passion translation it reads this way and everything i've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you think about the peace think about the moment he is speaking these words he knows what's about to happen he knows the suffering that's about to come in fact he asked god himself he asked his father if there's any way for this cup to pass if you got any other scenarios, any other alternatives, any other options, please let me know. But it's not my will, your will be done. But he's speaking, he's saying, I want the peace that I have to be in you. And will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrow. But you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. I want to give you one more I didn't give to the guys back there, but Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, in the Amplified. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1, in the Amplified. Jesus just, we just read several passages where Jesus is speaking and Jesus is telling us what's to come. And every single time, consistently he says your response to tribulation is joy your response to persecution is peace your response to those attacking you is a confidence a confidence and a uh, uh, courageousness about you that you cannot be conquered that you are victorious in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 1 therefore since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin. We talked about that last week. 
that we as a church, if we're going to see revival, we're going to be the ones to usher in the last day move of God. We cannot be so encumbered by our own personal struggles, by our own personal issues. Yes, we'll have challenges. Yes, we'll have things that we will personally go through. But sins and weights need to be laid aside. I can't help the world with their problems if I'm still struggling in mine. And it's time for the righteous church to rise. It's time for the holy church to rise. It's time for us to lay aside sins and weights that we've been tripping over and have been holding us back and keeping us from running the race that's set before us. Lay it down. Today's your day. Lay it down. Repent. Give the Lord your full heart. Give him your full life. Because there's a world out there that needs us. There's a world out there that needs us. Weightless, sinless, free. It's not worth it. Whatever you're enjoying today because of sin, it will eventually sell you out. And death is the only alternative. The wages of sin is death. It always pays out with the same, same response. No, he says, lay down your weights and your sins, which so easily and cleverly entangle us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us. There's so many distractions today. So many distractions out there. We have to focus on the race that is before us. Focus on the plan that God has called you. Looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief, the one who brings our faith to maturity. Here it is. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him, endured the cross disregarding the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God he endured the darkness he endured the tribulation he disregarded the shame and the persecution and all that came against him he set all that aside and said that's not going to get me off my course that's not going to get me off my purpose that's not going to get me off my plan and the word says for the joy set before him there's nothing joyful about the cross there's nothing joyful about persecution there's nothing joyful about insults. There's nothing joyful about, about being made fun of and ridiculed. There's nothing joyful about being accused of something you never do when you know you're the only spotless, sinless one on the face of the planet. No, they didn't find joy in that. He found joy in what came on the other side. If he told his disciples, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world then he has to follow through himself. He remained cheerful. He remained joyful. He says he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity, his authority, and the completion of his work. And this is our word to us. Just consider and meditate on him who endured from sinners such bitter hostility 
against himself. Consider it all in comparison with your trials. We're not disregarding that there are trials. We're not disregarding that there's trouble. We're not disregarding that there's tribulation. We're not disregarding that there's pressure on all sides. But what we are saying is on the inside, we have a confidence. On the inside, I have peace. On the inside, I have joy. On the inside, I have reason to rejoice. And this is why. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Are you weary? Are you tired? I would ask you, what have you considered? What have you considered? Have you considered the pressure? Have you considered the trial? I mean, I just talked to someone just this past week. They said, I just can't wait for Jesus to come. I just can't wait for Jesus to come back. Oh, it's just so dark. Oh, the world's just getting worse and worse. Is that your heart today? You're just waiting for Jesus to come back? Are we just sitting around, worried, frantic, anxious, concerned, looking at all the trial? Looking at all the tribulation, looking at all the struggle, look at all the godless society, watching everybody hate on you and hate on church and, and hate on God, or are we going to rise to who we are? Are we going to rise to who he's called us to be? Stand up with me. Stand up with me. So today is a participation service. Participation service. Look, there's only so much. You know, I I tell my son's baseball team, I say, there's only so much I can teach you and coach you and tell you and correct you and admonish you and affirm you. At some point, you just have to get out there and do it. At some point, you're just going to have to learn how to do it yourself. At some point, you're just going to have to put it into practice. When we say, raise a hallelujah, louder than my unbelief, raise a hallelujah. In the middle of the storm, raise a hallelujah. No matter what's against me, raise a hallelujah. Why are we saying that? Why are we doing that? Because I can't teach you and preach you to fulfillment and to joy. You have to rise. You have to get the joy to rise up out of Now listen, 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 listen. There's praise and there's worship. There's praise and there's worship. Worship is great. Worship's one of my favorite. I love worshiping. I love getting on my face, getting on my knees, setting my heart and just admonishing who he is. But praise is what gets you to rise out of where you're at. Praise is what, if you're feeling down, put on some praise music. If you're feeling down, put on something that's going to get you moving, get you dancing, get you raising your hands, get you shouting, get you singing. Why? Because at some point you have to respond. At some point you have to put in the work. At some point, you have to lift your hands and say, he's greater than all that's coming against me. Who can stand against me if my God is for me? What can stand against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I'm telling you right now, 
This isn't a spectator sport. This isn't stop and watch. This isn't read the words on the thing on the screen. This isn't watch these guys. I wish they weren't even up here. This is your time to close your eyes and praise and challenge yourself to rise up out of the ashes. It's a time to rejoice. It's a time to look ahead. It's a time to have the best optimism we've ever had. The greatest show on earth is about to take place and you get to be a part of it. Let's raise a hallelujah in this place. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.